the immortal era of Thor begins. We've got five big books. How many? Five. And wow. four pals this week. All four. Ooh. It's a beautiful thing. It's the first time we've got to use all four of our names, too. So. Oh, yeah. Is it really? Wow. Yeah. That's Hello. amazing. So, of course, we have to be reviewing Immortal Thor number one. Very excited to talk about that. We'll be talking about that up front. We've Ooh. also got Jean Grey number one, which, oh. you know, I had to get the Marvel Girl cover. Ooh, I got the, the five variant. I got I the Marvel variant, does. baby. I got the five variant. Did Bean uh, get did you Bean get compare? I don't think so. <laughs> uh, we've got Realm of X number one on the docket, Penguin number one, and Night Terrors number four. Uh, the nightmare is nearing its end, and I am very happy <laughs> <laughs> to wake well, up. Yeah, we're also going to be talking about Marvel Unleashed a little bit later, and. Also, we're going to be talking about Ahsoka and our thoughts about at least the first episode of that show. So jam-packed pals pulls tonight. Let's not waste any time. Hello to everybody that's watching. Hello to everybody that's listening. Thank you for joining us as we get into the Immortal Thor number one. Of course, the immortal name is being carried over from Immortal Hulk, which was also written by Al Ewing. I heard that was pretty good. Uh, yeah, good little book, you know. Yeah. Um, but uh, this time around, he is joined by not an anti-Semite. He is joined by <laughs> Martin Cocolo. You didn't need to tip over on that one. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. Who knows? No, I'm sure he's a great guy. Um, and Why'd Matthew Wilson. Like huh? What? Why you say it like that? <laughs> no, I, I'm sure. I'm sure he's a great guy. He's probably an amazing human. Um, <laughs> that's you know who else is. I never understand well? your tone, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> Thor, Thor is not a human, but Thor is an amazing being. I love Thor. I'm a huge Thor fan. Um, JMS's Thor run mm -hmm. was where I got my start, and I fell in love with the character really from there. And I think, regardless of what we all think about this issue and I'm excited to hear your your thoughts. I think it was pretty clear to me at least that Al Ewing loves Thor as well. Mm. And I really liked that. I liked seeing a Thor that is not necessarily the doomy gloomy Thor, not necessarily the very like thoughtful pensive Thor, a Thor that smiles, a Thor that kind of has a good time and revels in what he gets to do. Um, and that's coming from a joyful place. What did you guys get out of this? I'm, I'm with you, Sean. I think we have a similar uh, history with Thor, um, starting with the JMS, I guess, Kale, too. Um, yeah. And that Thor was very much, that was high fantasy Thor. Like, that's why that it's first Thor might exist. Thor. Yeah. 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 Um, but since then, we've had tons of different types. Like uh, uh, Donny Cates's, we've had Jason Aaron's, we've had, you know. Um, but all of them have kind of been like Thor as the God and the leader, you know? Yeah. Um, it wasn't, I forget who wrote it, but I know Chris Somney drew it. Um, the, the, the Thor, um, like of, of oh, Asgard yeah. or something like that. Um, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. 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 
that was a very, you know, happier, swashbuckly Thor. And I really enjoyed that. It, it's just that you don't really get that in the main, you know, books. Um, and as I was reading the the back matter of this, uh, Al Ewing pretty much had, like, two edicts for this run. And one of them was, I like a Thor that smiles. And, like, mm. as, I w- as I had already read this, I was like, yeah, okay. This is Thor that gets to be a little happy. He gets to have a little fun. And it's not, you know... Uh, yeah, Matt, it was, it was Roger Lang- Langdridge. Um, but it's not, uh, you know, a, a Taika Waititi goofy Thor. Like, there's a difference between right. happy and goofy. This is just, like, a happy Thor who still has all the gravitas that, you know, Thor needs. Um, but he gets to have a little fun with it. And he doesn't have to be, a, you know, a, a jackass about it or, or a hard ass. He, he gets to be fun. And I really like well, one thing that One thing that stood out to me in that, um, in that back matter is that Al says that um, he first saw Thor in uh, Secret Wars, <clears throat> and he said that um, Thor had a a Viking smile. And I went, okay, I wonder what that means. Yeah, Marco, you haven't spoken up yet. How you how'd you feel about this one? Have you even read Thor before? Just the stuff we did for the book club, uh, the Jason Aaron God of Thunder. Right. And so it's that that's a little more sci-fi. This mm. this had bigger elements of that, you know, swords and sorcery stuff or just the fantasy elements, which I thought you know, it, it works and you know not having that context, I feel like that just makes sense. Um but yeah, he comes off as charming here and adventurous and confident, which I think really lends to the pacing of the story because he's the one that drives it he's the one that continues to um like yeah we follow him around sure but it's the way that he carries himself from situation to situation that we're following not necessarily thor but his uh his his outings you know he's he's there he comes back to midgard to earth and he's hanging out with signing kid shields you know he's at the bar (laughs) with people he's just having a good time. And, and that feels really, really good and engaging for a reader. And for me, I feel like I'm not well-versed uh, on Thor. I got it immediately. I didn't have to do work. I didn't have to think back and go like, and compare even, because I, I, I was afraid I was going to maybe do that. And it I didn't have to. I, I think Al Ewing has a really good understanding of the character and what it takes to engross a reader. And then he put that together and this was this book. Yeah. It, it feels and and you know what I love is that it feels as though Al Ewing has really dug in to figure out what his Thor is like, mm. and that is what I love to see in an issue one because we've all read the generic issue one where it's like yeah okay Thor's got a new enemy and a new mission a new whatever, but this feels like all right there's a there are layers to this version of Thor. And it's like he's trying to say something with this version of Thor. The same way I felt like he was trying to say something with the version of Immortal Hulk that we got. And it feels like he's trying to say something about the character to himself. Yeah. And it's a lot more introspective. Yeah. And it's not just, mm. all right, yeah, it's not like what we said where it's like, all right, big bad, uh, fight big bad, uh, Thor go burr, Krakum. Like, it's actually going to be a little more of a deep dive into who this character is like mentioning how there's different facets of Thor. There's, you know, Odinson, yeah. there's the Avenger, uh, but this is like the mighty Thor, you know? Um, 
Yeah, I'm kind of excited for it. And, and I think the Martin Kokolo art, oh my God, what? Ooh, where the hell was, was this dude? <laughs> Cooking. Real good stuff. Yeah, uh, all of that. And I think the the colors as well just combined on top of these, uh, the pencils and inks, man, excellent work. And a lot of variety that I think, I feel like doesn't always happen. You usually maybe get like a single tone, a single kind of palette, but there was a lot of jumping around blues, greens, pinks, whatever it might be, just, just to capture mood, the really dark blues when it comes to towards the end bit um, where this new villain is revealed. That well, really, really good use of uh, just tone. Tyler, do you happen to have the image of the Utgard Thor? I do not. Okay. No, well, I, 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 I didn't want to like do like a spoiler or something, so I was a little wary about that. But yeah, that that makes sense. Uh, when we finally see the Utgard Thor and just his in the immenseness yeah. of him, and the way that he kind of like takes over the the full page where it's just his yeah. the double page where it's just his face. That was really intense. It was a complete tonal shift. The whole book is so bright and colorful and beautiful. We get the Bifrost back, so you've got you know that that whole color palette, and then it goes complete black and red with his eye and like the the storm yeah. behind him, and it's it helped to sell the idea that like this is a god, mm-hmm. that like this is something bigger than a god, and now I'm actually worried for Thor. And I have never been worried for Thor before. Maybe not since Gore, the God Butcher. I have not been worried for Thor. That was like ten years ago. Sean, did the, did the word Utgard uh, uh, bring you back? Of course, of course. <laughs> yeah. Please, man. I was like, are we going to a keep? Is that what we're doing? Pinnacle, maybe. Don't even start. Um, and then- uh, start a little. What, is, what does that mean? Oh, uh, World of Warcraft. Uh, no, there's a place no called more. Utgard Keep. Yeah. <laughs> and by the way, you know, if any of any of my people that have played God of War. All of this stuff is so familiar to, like, all these different locations and places. It's so fun to see it in the Marvel universe. Um, one um, thing to your to your point on the just the immensity. Um, I think any time that the uh, Utgard Thor was revealed, even even the initial like lightning strike, all two pages. Anytime he's back in two pages, you you follow up. The only time you get a single page of him. Is when Thor is looking up at him and, and like he's not captured totally, and that's happening. And then right after, again, another full two page, another full two page followed. Uh, the I think the the way that he gets rendered is really well done. And even when Thor is throwing out lightning, the blue lights on his face, it's shining on him. There's yeah. just a lot of dynamicism within the art. The other thing yeah, I did like the, too is the, is. Ewing's depiction of Loki. Um, Loki, historically and mythologically speaking, has been both male and female. Um, And now that we, I guess, as a society, have a more uh, uh, accepted language for that, he's using that in this book. So Loki goes by they in this. Loki mentions that they're both god and goddess at the same time. Um, And even the way it's drawn, Loki is androgynous in a way, in this. Um, which I was like, okay, all right. Interesting take on Loki that I didn't really expect to get from a Marvel comic, to be honest. Yeah, and it took a little bit to sort of figure out what that was. And I think I do have a small complaint about that because at first it felt a little sloppy, maybe, in the art. Mm. 
Was, was it the lips? I think it was mostly the lips. Yeah, I think it was mm. the lips, yeah. yeah. And Manny's right. Loki's hot. Yeah, bro. So the only... Okay, look. I'm all for it, right? But the only thing that bothered me is that it's one thing for Thor and Sif to to use Loki's proper pronouns out of respect, and I can imagine that they would know them. But you had people that I just don't imagine have encountered Loki recently and were told about Loki's pronouns that were also accurately speaking about them, and that just felt like that doesn't make sense. Like, I guess... I, I guess... Uh, I guess... You know, maybe Al wouldn't want the confusion, but it doesn't make sense to me. You, th- you think Volstag's the kind of guy that you need to tell your, the, uh, you his pronouns often? Like, he's just like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Yes. I keep forgetting, I keep forgetting. Like, even at the end of the book, uh, the the two, uh, 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 what, get Gaia and the other dude, her brother, use Loki's proper pronouns. Loki's new pronouns. Utgard or... Utgard, yes. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I I took that as just assuming that's how Loki's always been in Same, this yeah. context, and so I was like, oh yeah, that makes sense. You know, they would have known out the gate because that's what it was. Um, I also, I also really like the fact that this issue introduces several like problems for Thor and several ongoing ideas. You know, um, we have the angle with Loki where we know that Loki has some type of plan and rebuilding the Bifrost was not just this altruistic altruistic act, but we don't know how that's going to play out. Mm-hmm. And then on the other hand, we have the, the Utgard situation. And that seems like a very pressing immediate threat, but not something that Thor is going to solve right away. So I love how we know who the major players are. We've even got some supporting castmates. Everything is set. I think this is going to be an epic adventure. I'm really excited. Dude, once I saw the Warriors 4 were there, I was like, oh, yeah, Alio, knows what he's doing. Like, in Super my opinion, cool. like, a good Thor book needs a good supporting cast. Uh, and I love, like, Volstagg, Fandral. Uh, they're great yeah. characters. Yeah. And I think the size of the book, what is it? I don't even know how many pages I, I got it in. Definitely was, oversized, yeah. Yeah, hundred percent. I think serviced it oh, very well. Like that, that I think also helped make a difference because you didn't have to rush things. You can really build up the climax at the end. It felt really good. Felt paced out very well. Agreed. Um, easy pull for me, no question about it. This is the start of something that we're going to be talking about a lot. Yeah this this might be my pick of the week. Um, I have one that my, that's debatable later on. Uh, I think I know yours, Sean. Be, I th- it better not be fucking Penguin, man. I'm telling you right now. We're going to have words about Penguin. Oh, my, okay. I, I can tell you what it is, and maybe that'll get a, people to stay a little longer. Uh, but I think it's Marvel Sorry, Unleashed, nice. honestly. <laughs> oh. Marvel Unleashed is pretty good. <laughs> but it wasn't part of it our was, four, so I don't know if I can consider it that. But, it, was, yeah. it, was, it was pretty good. I'll give you that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just didn't want to hear it was Penguin. But Shit, I'll say it. It's a book of the week. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna pass on this one. Oh, oh passing on you, bro. Explain that. I would love to. Um Yeah. It's a first issue and it's a first Thor issue. 
So obviously that means Al Ewing's got to have Thor fight the Frost Giants. We've got to be reintroduced to Asgard. We've got to watch Thor go down and sign the shields and kiss the babies and reintroduce himself to Earth and 30 pages of that. And then we can get to the cool stuff. But we got I'm going to pass and hit. We got some cool stuff here. Okay. I've seen the other 30 pages. <laughs> mm. All right, fine. I, 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 that's not that's not to say that what he's doing in here wasn't good. Mm. Because and I've <laughs> I've tried to get this in several times in this. Sorry about that, Carol. Uh, no, that's okay. Uh there, there is a, a flip side to that criticism, though. Um, Al uses the Frost Giants to uh, sort of downplay the uh, the Utgard name at first with the Frost mm. Giants. You go, oh, okay, this is just Frost Giants name. But then you see Utgard Thor and Utgard uh, Loki, and the Utgard say, oh, no, they downplayed us. They stole that. That's no good. And then you know how massive the um, the threat is. Um, but while he's fighting those frost giants, Thor commands the storm. And the storm says, oh, hey, my bad. But then when he's standing on the Statue of Liberty and he says uh, – uh, he tells the storm to stop. And that caption that says, but this isn't Thor's lightning. I went, oh, yeah, that yeah. was good. That yeah. was very cool. I'm glad you brought that up. That was a really great moment. I think I think he said, like, I control the storm. I don't control the super storm. Yeah. Yeah. Are, you, are you using yeah. uh, Midgard uh, weather forecast terms, Thor? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He can't control a uh, bomb cyclone either, I bet. <laughs> Yeah, Manny. Um, it it it's not something that bothers me. I'm a, I actually think it's appropriate for Loki. Uh, it was just an observation. I I think it makes sense. Uh, we've got a lot more books to tackle and a lot more stuff to talk about. You heard the list up top, so we're gonna keep things rolling. However, do want to let you guys know about Patreon.com/slash The Comics Pals, which is the best way to support your boys. If you enjoy what we do here. Uh, we are always giving you more bang for your buck. There's a lot of exclusive content over there. You get to vote in the book club poll. You get a nickname and a shout out on our main show, which is live every single Saturday at 10, 15 a.m. Eastern. Uh, and you also get our newsletters. You get access to our newsletters. Kale wrote a good one this week about Kale's job search. And uh, and uh, I really liked it. And Kale also answered a question from our Discord server, which you should be on. Uh, and I thought it was a thoughtful answer. Thank you very much. Yes, wow. you're very welcome. Yeah, absolutely. Um, check out our, our Heather Antos interview. It was a good one. If you haven't heard that yet, give it a listen. Uh, we had a lot of fun with it. If you want to vote in the listener pick poll, all you have to do, it has moved. It is no longer on Twitter, X, whatever you want to call it. All you have to do is go to our YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash the comics pals. Click the community tab and you will see the thread. It goes up every single Friday and you can vote for the book that you want to see us review. This week, Penguin won. You guys will get to influence what wins next week. 
pretty pretty uh, decisively too. It looked like. Yeah, Spider Man got trounced. I was uh, kind of surprised. Did you vote uh, five times like you, you should have to keep Spider Man up there? You, you got to get that <laughs> Zeb nope. Wells biggest fan vote. Nope, I voted once. And got my one vote in there. Um. Everything else at the Comics Pals, you guys know the drill. Let's keep things pushing, and let's talk about Jean Grey number one. Boy. Okay. Now, I'm going to say, I'm going to ask, I'm going to ask, I'm not going to say, I'm going to ask. Will you guys allow me to get on my soapbox for this? For a Jean Grey book? Yeah. Come on. You have opinions on a Jean Grey book? Don't you have enough? <laughs> <laughs> well, was okay. This, so was this gift not enough? Oh, no. oh okay. Please. So uh, Louise Simonson wrote it. Bernard Chang on art. Marcelo Maiolo on colors. And Ariana Mayer on letters. Ariana Mayer, by the way, just all over the place. She does a lot of great work. Um, Go ahead, Tyler. I was going to say, we need to put letters on the cover. Just saying. I agree. I think we're at that yeah. point. Absolutely. Um, before I get on my soapbox, I genuinely want to hear what you guys thought about this. Uh, quick, quick about the book. Basically, this is right after Jean gets stabbed, but she got stabbed by not a traditional blade. I believe it was an otherworld blade. And so it's having effects on her that are crazy. And she's trying to figure out where things went wrong. And she's sort of looking through her past and seeing what she could what she could have done differently to get things right for the mutants. I think, it, it, yeah, I, I read it as uh, uh, you know, when your life flashes before your eyes, after like right before you die, sure, uh, and yeah. her trying to come across that. Um, yeah, it's just I don't know why this book exists. Does that does that make sense? Like I don't know the reason for it. It do, I don't I can't really see where it's going, where it's gonna matter. But that being said, I kind of liked it as like a weird what if story. This almost feels like it's gonna be a, a series of of Jean Grey what if one shots. Um, is the way I see this. And you know what? Yeah. I don't hate that. This one dealt with you know post Bendis young X Men. And if they never got mm. mind wiped when they came to the past, they came back to the past. And I like that as a prompt. Um, but I also don't see the point. So it's kind of like a weird thing. It's like, I like what I got, but why am I getting this? Um, I thought the Bernard Chang art was very good, though. So, um, Similarly, I kind of felt like, what is this book? She died. Why am I reading something after she has died if that has consequence? Or if, if that if if that event, that moment had consequence, this book should not necessarily exist in my mind. And whatever, got through that, read it, and it, it, it relates to stuff that I don't even feel impacts that larger narrative. And I was a bit frustrated by that because I kind of would have wanted it to address something that would have happened or a similar to uh which we'll talk about at realm of x where oh okay cool like we're we're trying to figure stuff out we, we there's a next step here maybe she had gotten stabbed and sent to some astral plane like i can i can i i think that is a more satisfying answer than this which results in 
yeah, this happened in the past through a different moment in X-Men history and they're reliving it, but slight alter. It felt like a what if, and that was a little frustrating. Uh, as the resident Jean Grey hater and critic, um, I have a lot to say about this book and um, I'm not going to mince my words. So buckle up. I thought it was pretty good. <laughs> I knew there was a bit. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. Why was it good? No, that's it. No, no, he's not mincing good. words. The words were not minced. <laughs> that is the, yeah. full, the full words. Uh, all right. So I actually was dreading reading this. And I said, when we talked about the announcement of this, I said that I did not want this. And I was frustrated that it was most likely going to be one of those books that is targeted at Jean Grey fans who don't like Krakoa. Um, and it's probably that. It, it's probably that. But man, I really loved this. I really did. I really, really, really did. Because... Jean Grey is such a complicated character. And one of the things that I love about her that I feel like she doesn't get credit for because a lot of people say that Jean Grey is an NPC, that she doesn't make decisions, she's not in control ever, and she just exists to die. And I don't think that that's true. I've never felt that that was true. Um, but I think she makes decisions and I think she has opinions about things that people don't necessarily recognize. Jean Grey is a very fierce person. And she does think she knows better. This did not feel out of character for me at all. I really believe that there are a lot of aspects of that in Gene, just like Cyclops, uh, just like Professor X, their teacher. Mm. And this book takes that idea to the maximum extreme, where if Jean Grey gives in to her inner desire or her belief that she knows everything, the end result is the Phoenix destroying the world and it's collaboration. And it's being a part of the X-Men that helps her heal from her childhood and helps her heal from not feeling in control when her friend died and not being able to stop the things that were going on in her life at that time, being able to work with the X-Men is a part of what saves her and not doing that destroys her. I thought that this was a very interesting, deep examination of a character that desperately needs this. And between this and Realm of X this week, dealing with several more characters who have had just basically no attention in the Krakoan era, I was very pleased. But this was a meaningful issue to me. Do you feel that it is in character for Jean to do the things that she did in this? Like with the mind wiping and... She became worse than Magneto, honestly. Um. So I think my my answer to that is keep in mind that this is a Jean Grey that's directly influenced by having already seen the future, right? So I think in her mind, because she thinks she already thinks she knows everything. And then on top of that, she sees that things go pretty badly. Because remember, back then, in, in 1960, whenever the X-Men came about, whatever, whatever that was, she had no idea how bad it would get. 
but she ends up seeing that. So she's affected by that. So do I think she would go to these extremes? No. But if but in this exact circumstance where she sees the future and is a 17-year-old girl, yeah, I do. It didn't it didn't feel like a crazy extrapolation from what I accept about incontinuity Jean Grey. Okay. I mean, yeah, I, I, I also I also I also think that uh uh in that in that situation when you're looking over your life trying to figure out what you could have done differently you know you you will entertain different versions of yourself you know so so i don't i don't i i don't think the examination is out of character yeah i'm and it was hard to watch those things happen for me like it was hard to watch her turn and do these horrible things but it also made sense it also was like yeah. i see why she would think this i see why she would think this was right but as it tends to go for gene everything went wrong i mean this is also the same gene that outed uh bobby so <laughs> jesus christ <laughs> uh i really like the art except for whenever charles xavier was on the page yeah. Because his face was weird. Okay. I'm glad it wasn't just me. All right. Yeah. Even Cyclops' face was actually weird a lot. Like, this is just a random page that I opened, but, like, look at his lips. Yeah. It's just really odd. But, a lot of uh, lips discussion on the show today. Uh, I think this was my pick of the week. Fuck off. What, what do did, you mean? What did you expect? What? What? I guess this is like one of those moments where you know what you know what I'm here's what it is, Sean. I'm looking, I'm looking at a at a mirror and realizing that this is the way that I sound when a Swamp Thing book comes out, and I'm and 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 I'm just frustrated to see it is what yeah, I brother. Is my, <laughs> and guess yeah, what? <laughs> and guess what, bitch? How many of them Swamp Things did we sit through? We sat through the whole Rom V, which was amazing. I'm not saying it was bad, oh. but we did every one of those, and you went on your soapbox mm -hmm. and we did the swamp thing by alan moore mm -hmm. volume one and two so i don't want to hear anything from you because we have endured your swamp thing bullshit for six years okay you enjoyed my swamp ass yes that's right yeah. i didn't say and also like dean gray never gets a book like let <laughs> let him have it <laughs> let, let alone a decent book i'm not, there I'm not are, gonna sit here and say there it's are good, more but it was a decent yeah. book there are more swamp thing books than there are gene gray books this is the first gene gray book it's on the wall it, for a reason you Check know what psycho pirate it was thoughtful and i think that's yeah. what i like the most about it is yeah. that whether you like what ended up happening or not hmm. louise simonson genuinely was thinking about the character and she was referencing decades worth of history to tell this story what do you think she that is being alluded to at the end there? Like it's alluding to like the next thought that she has um with a with a crashed um plane? Is this like if Cyclops wasn't around? Um oh, that was like Fantastic Four stuff. Yeah, that's the only thing I could come up with. Because I know Scott's origin involves a plane crash, and the next but issue is her with Scott. So is this it's just like, oh, if Scott it, maybe my love for Scott is what stopped me from 
getting my true potential. That's what I'm kind of hoping the next issue is, honestly. Oh, I was thinking it was That's a rocket. Thought. Yeah, I thought it was, I thought a, it was rocket a rocket as well. As well. Yeah. That made me sense either, though. I love my boy Scott, so anytime he gets some kind of spotlight, I'm into it. Yeah, amen. Beautiful book. It's an okay book. It's all right, book. It works. Sorry, they just delayed Dune 2. I got an alert. I, you know, I'm <laughs> we're talking about Jean Grey right now, okay? Sorry, we were talking about, you I know, I would say the, the, the art throughout was really, really well done. Uh, I think that the, the tone is just, like, dark. It fits the moments. It fits the mood. I think that paired well with their narrative, even if I didn't necessarily, wasn't enthralled by the narrative. I think it works. I also think it felt, this is a weird thing, but it felt right for what, for the time they're supposed to be in. It kind of, mm -hmm. like, I don't know. I, I, I think it worked well for, you know, the time that they're, they're living in. I mean, um, it reflected it. And Louis, Louis Simonson, like, she knows how to write young X-Men. Like, that's her, her strong suit there. Yeah. Uh, and I think the the um, Bernard Chang bits where it was like Kitty Pride being introduced and, and almost had like a select your character fighter screen moment. Yeah. Um, yeah. It gave me like yeah. real uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle uh, Shredder's Revenge vibes. Uh, there was that for like Cannonball as well. I was like, all right, I'm, I'm kind of digging that. I like that. That's pretty damn cool. Yeah. yeah. I was kind of, yeah, I was kind of wondering what the deal with that was. You it was know? just fun. It may, yeah, it may just be a style choice, which is fine. Um, it's just like it only happens in those places, mm. you know. So I was wondering if I don't know, maybe that'll add up to something, you know, eventually, or I don't know. Polar Pass, where are we at? It's gentlemen? a uh, it's a Jean Grey book. A pass. <laughs> <laughs> I see that. I don't understand. I'm walking right past it. Are you kidding me? I'm 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 similar to how I felt about Spider Man. It's a it's a workable comic. Whether or not I enjoy it, uh, that's a separate issue. For me, pass. For somebody, pull. For Sean, pull. And pull and pull and pull. <laughs> okay, a. No. Uh, uh, no, no, that is oh. not. Jean Grey is not. I don't love Jean Grey in that way. I love. Doesn't have the mini gloves. You don't need to love. Yeah, it doesn't do have the mini gloves. That's what it is. It's no. Uh, there's no. Uh, there's Amor. no like romance, amorous interest. Yeah, we're we're, we're about to talk about Saturn in, in the next book, so we'll get to that. Now that. <laughs> okay. All right. Now we get to Realm of X. Thank you, Tyler. Thank you, because yes, absolutely. So Realm of X is, is uh, first of all, written by um, Rising Star, I would say, uh, Torun Gronbeck, mm -hmm. who's been doing great work, uh, with art by Diegonis Neves, Rain Barreto on colors, Clayton Cowles on the letters. And so this is just like immediately after the Hellfire Gala, these five primary mutants we have magic we have uh mirage we have um uh, dust uh, i was out. happy to see dust, dust. Yo, that was yeah. cool who's uh, dust bro that was Arrow. that was rad oh dude Arrow, dust yeah. is underrated typhoid mary and curse um they get transported 
Um, and now they're in, I think, Vanaheim. Yes. Yeah, which uh, I love. I love seeing, you know, places like this explore just because of my love of God of War. And uh, they've got to figure out what the hell is happening to them, why they're on Vanaheim in the midst of this war. Um, I thought this was pretty good. Yeah, th- this was uh, would have been pick of the week had it not been for Thor. I think getting dropped into just a moment, this like hecticness, especially coming out of the the gala, keeps sort of that momentum. And then you get a time to breathe, and then you get your sort of end. A uh, lot of fun. The the first thing, and this is nitpicky as fuck, but uh, the Bring the, <laughs> the the text boxes being so dark on that second page kind of got lost in the the dark colors of the the background and the text being this like dark gold or something uh i I think there could have been a better way to represent some of those individual boxes to introduce the characters because it uh nitpicky again super nitpicky but like i mean otherwise real fun book I i had a good time on this I agree, actually, Marco, 100%. I don't know what the hell happened with that. Yeah, like, what's up, yeah. dude? Yeah, it looks like weird. it needs to be brighter. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah, yeah, absolutely. That needs to be brighter. The The text boxes, I don't know why you put them in black. Like, just make it white like everything else. It was easy. But Tyler, where are you at on this one? Um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. There was a continuity error that I saw on Twitter uh, that uh annoyed me um but it was it was uh i guess when they're in the the vanaheim place and they're eating dinner and all that you can see the quiet council there even though hope is with exodus on a beach somewhere oh really um oh wow so that was a little weird i didn't pull the page but yeah um but uh the art was very good that first page with magic on like in like a swamp with the butterflies i have it pulled for the stream Um, so good it felt very unique Paquette Swamp Thing. Yeah. Even the yeah. layout of the page. There are times when the art almost looks um, Joe Casada-y. Hmm. But her, especially, I think it's the next page from, from this one on, on screen. But um, in this, this first uh, image of um, magic, I think I think she looks like she's like, like she could be blind. Okay. Yes. Like it just, it just, I don't know. Like it looks like she's sort of looking at nothing. Mm. She's looking at the butterflies. You know what I mean? The butterflies are closer to us. Okay. <laughs> I, I like it. Really, uh, just the positioning is really, I don't know, evocative. It's good. It, um, yeah, the art across the board was. Super, super solid. Um, tight. There'd be tight moments with horses riding. You have your big battles, and then your quieter moments where people are just reacting. Who is this again? Uh, on the art? Yeah. Oh, this is uh, Diego Nieves, I believe. I'm trying to find that page. Yeah, solid work. I don't, I don't know that I've seen their work before, but really good. Yeah, I I completely agree. Um, I really love the way that Dust, in particular, was depicted. She's yep. always been, to me, one of the underrated mutants. She comes from that new X Men, or or mm-hmm. yeah, the new X Men era, 
the 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 Craig Kyle and Christopher Yost era, yeah, which, dude, underrated book, yo, man. Oh my god, yeah. dude, that's like that is my prime era. Um, and I and you guys know I love Surge so much. She's one of my mm-hmm. favorite mutants. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Dust is another one because of that era and seeing her actually get some respect on her name and her powers was pretty cool. She's got to be bad. Omega level, right? Like I feel like that's one of the ones you could say she's Omega level and be like, yeah, it makes sense. I don't think they'll give her that because she's not popular enough, but I sure. think if she was prioritized, then yeah. Yeah. Also, uh, as a Marvel versus Capcom 2 nerd, Marrow, I was like, hell yeah. Always happy to see Marrow. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think Torn Gronbeck really has a great voice for these kinds of stories that take place in uh, the Nine Realms or the Ten Realms or whatever it is. She did the, the there was the Mighty Thor book. It was a Valkyrie, yep. Valkyrie, Valkyrie focused correct. book, yeah, yep. and yep. that was really good. I really enjoyed that. And so, and then she's doing this now. She's got Venom, I believe. She's working with mm-hmm. uh, Al Ewing on or whatever, uh, replacing Ooh. Rom V. So she's all over the map and doing tremendous work. I feel like this was another example of her skill set. Yeah, um, she does a great job for these. Uh, as I said earlier, underserved characters. These women we've really not seen that much from in the Krakoan era, so I like spending some time with them. Curse was great. Curse Curse was really interesting. Um and uh and then of course we know Saturnine at the end. I'm desperate to see more Saturnine. <laughs> desperate. I knew when yes. they were like White Witch, I'm like, oh no, Saturnine's in this, isn't she? <laughs> I was trying to figure that out. I'm like, hold on a second. Who could that be? Who could that be? Who could that be? And then it got to the end. I'm like, ah. That's Dr. Umar's one least one. favorite character. <laughs> uh, yeah, agreed. Uh, the uh, Grandbeck's been doing awesome stuff. Like, anytime we pick up a book of hers, I feel like we walk away just being, you know what? Solid and or very good. Like, there hasn't been, I think, poor performance on that end. And uh, when I saw Dust... Uh, Manny, back me up here, but reminds me of Crocodile from One Piece. Fucking sand and shit. The oh yeah, yeah the, yeah yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. Is it called the the Suna the the Suna Suna fruit, bro? Well, now you're over my head. Is that no, a One I Piece reference? Yeah, yeah yeah. Okay. Whoa, you you went somewhere that I could never follow, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, this is a pull for me. I like the team dynamic. I was a bit. I was a bit confused at first by Typhoid Mary's inclusion, but I think she sort of proved herself uh, in terms of like why she's here. She's here to be a foil, essentially, and I appreciate that. Um, And I grew to like the character sort of and what she brings to the table by the end of the issue. I trust Torin Gronbeck to deliver something fun with this, and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm interested. I think there's enough here to keep me coming for the next couple issues at the very least i'm gonna come back even if we don't do it on the show i think this was enough of a pull i had fun yeah uh, this just didn't do anything for me oh, not for you know not for any particular reason i think it's well done i just don't uh, magic's the only character i really care about here i like torn gronbeck but um, this whole event is just a mess for me, and this didn't add or take away anything. So I, I'm just 
No thanks. Right, um, I like this. I like Nine Realm stuff. I'm a sucker for it. I, uh, Magic and, and Danny Moonstar are some of my favorite characters. I love like those New Mutants characters. Like New Mutants holds a special place in my heart. So like anytime I get to see them and you know, it's it's just got a lot of characters I like. And I like how it's 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 a woman team book as well. Um I I like how it is that, but it doesn't it's not a it force. Just is. <laughs> Yeah, it just yeah. it just is that. It's not it's not about that. Yeah, it's how the dice were rolled. It's like, oh well, th- these are the guys that showed up there. Um, yeah, and Magic, who's typically like the most surefire like person there, is now a little depowered a bit. Probably because she's not on Earth anymore. So the, there's probably a magic issue going on. But I like that as well. So there's uh, there's stuff here, and I think the art the art was great. So solid. Well. Let's talk about another number one. I feel like there were a lot of them this week. Um, let's get into Penguin on the DC side of things. Penguin? <laughs> I can't take credit for that. That was Tommy Hound. I like that. That's good. Um, Tom King, after, I guess, enjoying writing the Penguin character in Batman Killing Time, Decided to return to the Kingpin for this. Um, joined by Rafael De La Torre. And uh, I can't find where the credits are in this book. So thank you, DC Comics. It's right um, at the end. Hold on. I got you. Last page. Don't you love uh, when they swerve you where the credit page is? Ma- Marcelo, Marcelo Maioli on colors and Clayton Cowles on letters. My boy Clayton Cowles. I have a bone to pick with this comic book. Fishbone? Fishbone. Wishbone? Wishbone? Because it's a penguin. Eat fish. Tear it in half. I thought that everything about this fell off to me. Everything. Every every character, every, every depiction, everything fell off. From a from a from a from a writing standpoint, first of all, I don't believe that that was Batman's uh, inner monologue at the beginning or end. Batman doesn't refer to himself as an idiot. Um, and then the too, yeah. the the ridiculous panel or the ridiculous box which says, uh, which means the system and the backups to the system and the backups all those backups have all gone down. Unbelievable. <laughs> Unreal. No. Egregious. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Batman, not. even in, in his internal monologue, Batman chooses his words wisely. Yeah. So that was that troubled me. But what troubled me maybe more was what felt like, and I mean this with every ounce of respect that I can that I can generate, which is a lot, because I think Tom King is an amazing writer. But what felt like borderline masturbatory fan fiction in reference to how scary the penguin is i just don't buy it thank you thank you there's no way it's one thousand percent where i'm at with this book i i I dug that about this honestly well i dug it but i see where you guys are coming from it it feels not like the character like the the his stature necessarily it is not where that would be. That's not you know, his cachet. But I agree with Tyler. I, I like the way that it plays out in this book. 
like if you're ground level and we're talking about like crime boss, like penguins top tier. But the problem is you're, you, then you put this in a DC perspective. It's like when Superman exists, he means nothing. Um, so like Amanda Waller being a little afraid of him. That's what I was like, oh, I don't know about that. Not even the she, cop. They, it said that the cop pissed his pants. Yeah. Yeah. That, no, no, no. Oh, I think so. I think, I think you no, take any, on. any other, any GCPD guy and you put him up to the penguin, yeah. the penguin who can. This guy wasn't a GCPD PD guy. Even, Even worse. Than, he was, he was. What? Better uh, case than Metropolis. The weak as fuck, bro. What? Who would even I, know who he is in Metropolis? Oh, I think the Penguin has a reputation. I, the Penguin Wait. is, like, in my head, he's as close to the Kingpin as we have in DC. But um, worthless. But the Penguin is, a, is not a physical threat. Kingpin is a physical threat. Kingpin, and, and by the mm. way, this is Penguin not in his murder era. Sure. <laughs> so Quote, unquote. Yeah. Right. So the idea that, that and, and, and uh, Atomic Hound did ask for light spoilers, so you know I guess let's tread lightly on this one. But the idea that this person would be, I mean, urinating themselves, it just feels, it just feels too far. You want to say he's afraid. Say he's afraid. Okay. Fine. But he urinated himself. It's there been, so ridiculous. But I, I feel like I've read stories where Penguin is this like guy who can rip your throat out. Like he 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 looks like he's not intimidating. Well, he, like, like that's the like whole it, point of the, of Danny DeVito, right? Like yeah, yeah. He's got those sharp teeth. You know, he's got the ooze that comes out of his mouth or whatever. Like, yeah, sure, that's intimidating. That's threatening. But the Penguin in the books has never been that. I could have sworn he was in some books, but it's not. It's more often not than yeah. anything. Yeah. I concede that. I, and the, even I, still, this is a little egg-shaped man. Well, he's lost weight now. Just don't tell him. <laughs> like, it's not... Uh, you don't like the, the Colin Farrellfication of Penguin in this? <laughs> it just doesn't like... Yeah, Dan puts it up perfectly. They cranked up the volume a notch too far. Like, yeah, Tom is mm. he's trying to do what he did with the Riddler. Mm. Except like even with the Riddler, like while that story was cool, I think we all sort of even agreed like it's the Riddler. Sure. I. Hmm. So I, I had a slightly different issue with this where I think your I think your points are salient and I think this book didn't need to have been penguin. You could have swapped this narrative, this Tom King narrative, with another character, honestly, potentially even like a new character, and I thought it would still carry the same way. The fact that this is penguin didn't feel like it held weight for me or didn't feel like it necessarily added to the drama. I think it was cool the way he de he's depicted and you know we, we just tried about that a little difference in opinion on that there but I think this could you could have replaced penguin with a uh, a new character somebody else somebody just specific to this book or honestly this could have been like 
your I don't know something related to a, a creator own piece within DC, and I think it still would have worked. And so the fact that it wasn't, it didn't feel catered to the character, and that's part of what's one of my critiques of this book. I also really didn't, man. I didn't need to see the bird. What happens to the bird? I thought that was really yeah. egregious and mm. not that would, doesn't even make sense. And it's just Tom King just doing big things just to do something crazy. And I wish he would lean more into his like ability to tell great stories and restraint. I don't yeah. think you always have to go for the enormous over the top moment. I don't know that that's his strength. And even, I mean, you can see that even to the um the 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 characters who like look i've been known to drop an f-bomb dude like what is he just like practicing shorthand with these characters like it's yeah it's too much did you guys read killing time at all yeah i read the first four i think i didn't finish okay And so, like, this is loosely related. We do have the the woman who uh, she's some kind of a detective or something or other, and she's from that. Um, but Tom does like to do the, like, constant, you know, oh, this is a curse, but we're going to censor it. Yeah. Dialogue. Um, and I remember that being really prevalent in the Batman Brave and the Bold issue that we saw that we reviewed here on the show. Um, and it's here now, and it's just like you don't need it. I don't think it works. I don't think it's a, it doesn't come across well. You do it occasionally, get your pop and move on. But when it's happening over and over and over again, it's too much. Too much for me. Because I have to like read it right, and then I have to like, okay, what is the word? Plug it in, all that kind of stuff. It, yeah. It's, it's it, lazy. It, just, it doesn't even work because it's all the same word. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Supposedly, the same the same characters too, which is yeah. Like, there's no variation to it either. It's not that I I didn't hate this. It's just that there every it's like every scene would have good things in it, and then it would have maybe something that would upset me more than what I was enjoying. Um, mm. like for example, I like the idea of the penguin really being reformed. I thought that that yeah. was interesting. And I was like, okay, so he's going to get somehow dragged into something that he doesn't want to be a part of, but he's got to do it because he's got to do it. Um, and I'm like, okay, cool. That's great. But then you have the scene with the dude who's just cursing in his face. And it's like, well, I don't want that. Then you have the woman who's cursing in his face. I don't want that. In then Metropolis? Have, yeah. Then you have Batman sounding not like Batman. I don't want that. And then the kicker was, for me personally, I was really disappointed by Penguin's actions at the end of the book. Yeah. Um, Same. I just, yeah, I just didn't buy it. I don't know. This was a hard sell for me. I, I can't. Yeah, I think I feel very similar. Um, I, like, really enjoyed the overall narrative but the walk to get to the end of it was just like, I'm gonna, you know, barefoot through, you know, on a hot gravel road. It's just like, it's not fun. Yeah. 
I'm going to go out. Well, before I say that, uh, the art I thought was was actually pretty good. Um, I, I did enjoy the art. The Delatore art is always good. It's always welcome. I enjoy nine panel grids. I know yeah. it's kind of popular to not like them now. Um, I think I Tom manages to work with artists who can nail it, and I thought it was nailed. Um, the sequence where, you know, Penguin is being interrogated and the woman is just kind of pulling her cigarette out, lighting it. I love that. I'm yeah. right locked in with those moments. And I think Delator did a great job. I, I think he knows when to use them because there are other talky moments like with him and Rita in bed um, where it kind of breaks down between a larger panel, then you get two panels, then you get the three. But to move conversation along... I think it, the that's where the nine panel grid really shines is to be able to okay you have a moment you have a moment you have a moment you can continue to follow a conversation pretty seamlessly. It yeah. looks wordy, but it turns out to be just a, a nice way to continue the pace. He draws a good bird too. Sorry, he draws a good bird. There's a couple of good birds in this, like like actually like well done birds. Different varying types. Sorry, I like birds. I, was I, like, so sad I, I would go birding that, if I uh, like the outdoors. That, like he has this like really seemingly genuine relationship with this Rita girl, and I, I was that that hit me because I'm like, damn, like he to your point, he has changed, and this is Tom King sort of proving that out. You know, he has he he's in a relationship. It's stable. It's understanding. It's caring, and. Frankly, give me a reformed penguin. Like I, you know what? Talking through this, guys, with you guys, I feel like I, I just want a reformed penguin story now. You want a slice of life penguin manga? Oh, dude, please. Actually, yes. But this is this is the kind of thing, like yeah, wow, Harvey Dent is is now normal again. Like this is the kind of thing that would play out over maybe years in a Batman book, mm-hmm. where you have a penguin who's genuinely reformed. He gets tested similarly to this book. He passes the test. Maybe he's even an ally. Maybe he helps out. We're we're eliminating all of that and saying, nope, he's back to a crime boss. That this the stuff that brought him here just happened. This is Chip yeah. Zdarsky era stuff, right? Like, can we can we wait a little bit? Let's breathe. And it I think just what happened also the- makes it worse is the book doesn't even take itself very seriously. And, and you know, you can tell by the characters who all they do is swear the same word over and over and over again. Right. Like, you know, I, I agree with you, Marco. I really liked uh, Penguin's new partner or whatever. Yeah. Um, and I was actually really bummed when the plot point came up that, uh, you know, oh, they're going to kidnap her and make him, you know, turn to crime again oh that sucks but like that's an established trope and like okay that's fine that's the story you want to tell but what makes it worse is that the person doing it is ridiculous you mean the 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 cop the yeah (laughs) (laughs) like like i have less respect for that person as a villain than i do the penguin (laughs) you know what i mean like to be honest, you know, uh, this is a pass, and I feel like a lot of Tom's in-continuity DC stuff has been hit or miss, and for me, this was another miss. It's not all bad, 
but the good does not outweigh the bad here, in my opinion. And the art's mm-hmm. not enough, good as it is, to overcome what I just thought was not a believable story, frankly. Yeah. Yeah. Agree. Uh, and Hound, I don't think we spoiled any of that for you. So you should still Fingers be crossed. good for the. Uh, yeah. And, and it's also issue one. Like, there, there isn't the, a ton of issue. Uh, there's not spoilers much to here. So. Yeah, there's not much to spoil. Yeah, yeah, truthfully. Yeah, I think so. I think as this conversation progressed, I I was on pull, but as we sort of talked and like worked it out, I think I'm leaning towards pass. Yeah. Uh, I guess I'm the lone pull here. Uh, I enjoyed it. What's new? Yeah. A lone pull? Hey. Yeah, nothing new for me. <laughs> it, uh, what what? It, what did you like about it? I thought the art was very good. Uh, I like birds, um, and I just like. <laughs> is that is that separate from the issue or <laughs> it's in general? It's birds. I like birds, even though they're they're not real. Um, I birds did... aren't real. What are you saying? Are what, you saying you, Tyler you... that the birds are mechanical uh, yeah. uh, spies sent out by the government hey, to watch yeah, us? Of course, hey, you easy, would easy, know easy, this. Easy. Sean. No, 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 no. Hey, hey. Relax. No, no. Nobody's yeah. saying that. Nobody's saying that. Wood, I'm just saying woodpeckers can't melt steel beams. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I thought this was a. I, I, I like the idea of a reluctant, reluctantly brought back into. Like, it's like a John Wick penguin we're about to get. Um, so I'm interested to see where that story goes. Um, it, it hooked me enough where I was like, right, I'll give it an issue too. If and if and if the last moment of the book hadn't happened, I might agree. Ooh. I think I think it was completely undercut by that by that moment. I don't see why he would have made that decision. I yep. I don't know. That I was I just think, hard to swallow. I think until you guys brought that point up, I was on pull, and then you're you're totally right. It it just ruins where the character was, and it resets, and it's like, all right, then why show me all of this progress? Yeah. To undo it all in one issue. Right. In one page. Yeah. 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 Damn. Yeah. Well, let's see if Night Terrors can undo our negative feelings about it. Spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> because on tap next, we've got Night Terrors number four. This is not the end of the event, by the way. This is just the end of the the Night Terror proper series. If the you nightmare doesn't end. <laughs> Wait, this uh, is... Go ahead. This is not the final issue of the event? No, no. There's an issue called Night's uh, End, I believe it's called. Oh, they're doing one of those Omega Alpha things. Week. Okay. Yeah. So this is written by Joshua Williamson with art by Giuseppe Camuncoli, Stefano Nessi, and Casper Wingard with colors by Frank Martin, who I love. Um, and Casper Wingard with letters by Troy Pateri. I'm going to say something flatly positive about this book. This was my favorite issue of Night Terrors so far. Same. You know what? Same. Yeah. Because something happened, you know? Yep. Yep. I don't care about this villain. I don't care that he's been sleeping. I thought his reasoning for wanting to kill the Justice League was completely ridiculous. The fact that he's shown wearing a Justice League t-shirt. Yeah! <laughs> Bro was a Justice like, League simp at one point. I, 
it's not Stupid it's not thing. to say any, it's not to say that like you can't wear graphic tees like that. I literally have a Captain America t-shirt on right now. But the day that my man's family died, he was wearing a Justice League t-shirt. <laughs> I do that like so goofy. I do Come like on, how goofy man. the way his family died was. It was well, like, it, like it's Dark so Knight. Stupid. Yeah, Dark Knight's metal was happening at the time, which he comes home and his family's like, "Hey, we should probably leave." And then he's just like, "Nah, it's just no, a whole bunch uh, of weird Batman." No, no, no. It wasn't even that. His family didn't say it. He says it. Oh, there's some kind of Justice League thing happened down the road. They said we should evacuate, but it'll be fine. So it was completely his. <laughs> His thing the whole time. Oh I just I just picture God, uh so um, funny man. Like it cuts to it's always sunny title screen. <laughs> the <laughs> the family gets killed. <laughs> um that but that Casper Wingard art, that shit was good. Sure. On the Dead Man pages. Yeah. Oh, did he not do the the family dies pages? I think he did that as well, yeah. Oh okay. yeah. Oh okay. Yeah, I thought. Oh, yeah, I, thought I that, think you're right. Yeah, I think you're right. That came out really, really well. The watercolor, just like this variety of uh, stuff. Yeah, it was, that was neat. Whether or not it <laughs> mattered or affected my reading of it, man, I, that was hard to swallow. I genuinely put it down and went, "That's stupid, <laughs> dude." I, the moment that it went to a, a past, the moment it did a flashback, I'm like, "Oh." Something's gonna happen. He's gonna blame it on whoever, some hero. And he's like, "Oh, the Justice League. It's on his T-shirt. It's right there. Laid it out." It. There was too much of. This is what's gonna happen. This is what's gonna happen. This is what's gonna happen. And 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 you see the progression into that, and you're just like, "All right, I'm. I don't even need to read it. I can flip through the page, and I can understand the progression of the story, the consequences therein, and then how it's gonna resolve." You um, know what? If the words weren't there. I would actually think more of the story. <laughs> it was rendered well. I think the part that I really liked was more so um, the opening few pages where Damien starts to fall asleep. And as soon as he starts to fall asleep, he's just infected by this this insomnia guy. But because of his training and because of how well he knows his father... He knows that the person speaking with him is not his father. Um, and that's how he's able to kind of get out of that situation. And I I, I really like that. Um, I think yeah. every Damien moment so far has been really good. And that speaks to Joshua Williamson's understanding of the character, considering that he maybe has written him the most since uh, Morrison. I, I kind of got reminded of the... Um the chainsaw man scene where they're going through the, oh. the stairwell and i'm like oh yeah at the hotel yeah uh, yeah at the hotel and i'm like damn and then you know he gets taken over i'm like oh wait hold on a second no this is actually insomnia and then when he wakes up i'm like okay that was a cool moment maybe the the, the way that batman is like oh you don't have to keep going up we can go home now father and son finally together again i'm like yo easy chill out i don't not, that's too much of a relationship for even my dad like to slow down those moments were i don't know a bit lazy i thought i also sort of felt like i guess i don't totally know 
what the sleep situation is here because it's like he's narcleptic. He just falls asleep. It's because he hasn't slept in like many, many days. Right. He's trained himself to not sleep. And so he's struggling to stay awake. Takes a step bad job. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Tyler, where are you at with this? I'm just, I just wanted to end. <laughs> oh it's... my God. You sound so worn uh, down. Just... <laughs> he, woke, he, just... he woke up and he's like, there's another issue after this. Well, I was surprised that this was the flannel issue of the numbered issues more than there is another yeah. issue. Mm-hmm. Like, the only thing I popped for was uh, uh, Chainsaw Man Batman to show up. Like, he showed up in this, uh, which I thought was yeah. neat. Uh, that's about it. That's, like, the the only good thing to come out of this was, like, maybe I'll have a cool McFarlane figure in two years. Nuts. I, I did think the twist at the end, like, I, I didn't expect was it a twist? The, I'm like, was oh, it? cool, they're going to defeat him because I thought this was the last issue. And so I'm like, oh, okay, cool. You know, they get the thing. They beat him. That was a poor whatever villain. But then him bringing it out into the real world, I'm like, oh, all right. You know what? I'll, I'll grant you I didn't see that coming. And now that there's now that they've spilled out sort of Monsters Unleashed style, Scooby-Doo yeah. stuff, I'm, I can enjoy that because then now the villains or the, the enemies that have haunted these heroes have a bit more power and a bit more consequence. And it, it leveled up the villain a little bit more, which I thought was actually not bad execution. Agreed, actually. I thought that was that was really cool. I didn't see it coming, and uh, I like that swerve. Yeah. I, I, I really think that there is a legitimately good book, a good overall event in the midst of this. First of all, the month is wrong. Why is this not happening in October? But I also think if you get rid of like most of the tie-ins and you actually bake in some of those tie-ins to the main book, like what was the most substantial thing I've seen in this whole Night Terrors was the Batman issues, which were also written by Williamson. Those probably should have been in the main story. Hmm. What's Wonder Woman going through? What's Superman going through? What are their nightmares? Throw that in the mix. Let this be okay. Maybe the people that are awake are Dead Man, uh, you know, Damien, uh, you know, Wesley Dobbs, whoever else. But like the other people shouldn't be absent from the main title. They should be there dealing with. We're not even seeing the effects of the Night Terrors. If you only buy the main title, you literally have no idea what the other characters are going through. That's insane. And then that whole. In, like the whole splash page at the end, the, the cliffhanger means nothing to you. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, you're not gonna even read it. Yeah, I I, I think that's kind of that's kind of insane. I can't think of another event where like you really had to read tie-ins or it just doesn't make a lick of sense. Like you literally have no idea what's going on with Superman right now if if you're not reading the tie-ins. Mm-hmm. Any, the char- main... any character of, of yeah. value to DC. Yeah. I, I it's it's really be- a bewildering decision. And I agree the tie-ins have been good. Uh, H. I, I think that the tie-ins have been good. It's just crazy to me that they left all the like the interesting stuff outside of the main book. Hmm. It's a weird tactic. 
unfortunately, even though this was my favorite issue of Night Terrors, it's not enough. I pass. I, I, I would ward anyone off of reading this event, unfortunately. Stick to the tie-ins if you're really, really compelled. And frankly, don't waste your time. <laughs> when, when the main event isn't good, it, makes, it turns me off on the tie-ins. In general? Usually, yeah. Yeah, because it's like if I don't like what's going on, why spend money on oh. extra stuff? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I agree. I'd be buying way more tie-ins if I was enjoying the main yeah. series, 100%. You guys are passing, too? Yep. Oh, hard. Yeah. Damn. And, yeah, and it's a shame. I, I, I don't want to. Like, to your point, this has this has potential. It's just not being executed the way that it, I think it needs to be to be successful. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Uh, I think uh, next week is when the Night's End book comes out. So... We will at least be out of the nightmare. We'll see you there. I just want my yeah, I just want the Dawn of DC books to be back. Like I was really liking it, so for real. I saw the solicits for next week or the week after, whatever. And I was like, wow, Batman is coming out. Like Chip Sidarsky's mm-hmm. Batman is back. That feels good. Yeah. Feels we got Wonder good. Woman on the horizon too. So there's there's some light shining down there. So one of our listeners brought up link by the way hello link brought up that we weren't reading monsters unleashed Uh, marvel unleashed monsters marvel was that (laughs) that greg pocket right 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 decent event decent event actually and you know you guys know that if you want us to read a book the best way to do it is to let us know in the comments you can write us an email at the uh, contact at the comics pals at gmail or contact at the comicspals.com. Correct. Uh, you can also leave us a message in our Discord. That's the most immediate way we're going to see it and be aware of it. So if you want us to read a book, let us know. Um, or if you want it to be on the poll, at the very least, let us know. But he brought it up. And I thought, you know what? Screw it. Let's give it a shot. Let's see how it is. So I decided to read it. And Tyler ended up reading it too. So uh, I wanted to spend a few minutes talking about this book. It was written by Kyle Stark, so I really like. We did an interview with Kyle um, you did. <laughs> that's out on our channel. You guys can check out. Uh, with art by Jesus Hervas and colors by Yen Nitro. Letters by Joe Caramagna. Now, this is not a book for me. Like no. 100% not. I would literally not have bought this or bought it, read it, anything. If it wasn't for this show and if it wasn't for um, Link suggesting it. And boy, am I dumb. Because this book was if we if if we had read this for the show, this is my pick of the week. Same, Sean, actually. Yeah. 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 It was heartwarming. It's literally Homeward Bound Marvel Universe. A little bit of Oliver and company here and there. Like, it's... That's the stuff I like. Um, and also, like, you put Lockjaw on a book? I'm sold. Yeah. I'm sold. I always forget how good the the pet animals of the Marvel Universe are. Like, you think, oh, DC has Crypto. They got, you know, Speedy yeah, or, or Stripe or whatever the, the cat's name is. But, nah, Marvel's got some good ones. Who, who, are the, who are the key, like, 
key figures there. So in this issue, it, it's Lockjaw. It kind of starts it off. There's a there's a good Craven Lockjaw fight scene, which is which is really well done. Like the way it's drawn. Yeah. Um, and it's a uh, Red Wing Falcons Falcon, um, Lucky Hawkeye's dog, um, a new character. So it's D Dog, who no, D-Dog. star of the show, star of the show. Oh, D uh, D Man is one of my favorite like F list Marvel characters. So a dog okay. that just found one of his masks um, in the garbage, uh, love it. Um, and then and then there's a, there's a, a Carol Danvers' cat as well. Goose. Uh, Chewy, I think, is in. It's Chew. It's Chewbacca. Yeah, but it should be Goose. I don't it know why be it's goose. not they, Goose. They need to pick. They need to. It's pick a Flurkin. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because the MCU one's Goose, but the comics one is Chewy. But Marvel yeah. Snap chose Goose anyway. Um, yeah, it's confusing. It should um, be Goose. And then, but it looks like we're getting a uh, Doctor Strange's dog too coming up, so that's exciting, bro. We're getting Frog. I know Throg, rather. <laughs> Dude, yeah. I I did a I did a portrait of Throg. I painted a portrait of Throg in high school that I loved. Uh, I don't know where it is, but D Dog is now officially <laughs> my favorite animal in comics. Dude, D Dog D- is so good. Oh my god, D Dog is so good. D-Dog is the best dog, and I felt so horrible. Yeah. If you read this book, which I think everybody should buy, yeah. when you see the, the dialogue for D-Dog and how bad D-Dog wants to be the greatest, dog, the greatest hero ever, not even the greatest animal hero, the greatest yeah. hero ever, but has no idea what that even means. <laughs> and all she really wants is to be told that she's a good girl. Yep. Come on. That's unbeatable. Yeah. The whole bit where so so Red Wing's a total asshole. Like I like that. I too. love like, Red Wing. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like how they're talking about you know how like oh when an animal dies they they go to the Rainbow Bridge and they're they're met by their owner and they get to live happily ever after. And then D Dog's just like, but what if I don't have a human? And I was like, oh no. Yeah, <laughs> no. dude, that got me bad. And I love the fact that Red Wing is a douche because of yeah. course Red Wing is the elite animal. Like Red oh, Wing. Yeah. Has been with the Avengers through thick and thin every event, basically. Yeah, you don't even think of him as like a pet Avenger. You know, he's like right. he's like a sidekick. You know, Red Wing is elite. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. And and then the fact um, that uh, Chewie in the in the one fight scene or, or battle he just took a nap, like typical cat yeah. shit. <laughs> and by the way, so the art in this. Yeah. Is so 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 good. This person, um, uh, Jesus Hervas, has a very bright future. Yep, I couldn't believe this art. I was expecting Nuts. like this is this is no no shame on, but I was expecting like a Marvel Unlimited type. You know, no, this was like full on. Like this is a book that put had work put into it. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, great colors, real great everything. This was a, yeah. a very standout book. Kyle Starks delivers here the kind of pet story that you would expect, but there's also so much heart. It's fun. He's got a knack for comedy writing. He's so good at it. I've read a lot of Kyle Starks' work to this point, and every single thing he has done has been great. It's been funny in a way that for me, is not over the top. I get really turned off really fast by comedy, and this is just right in the pocket of what works. I had a, a lot of fun with this. Buy this comic. Yeah, agreed. You know what? 
We all also took a look at Ahsoka, which a lot of people have been looking forward to. I might not have been looking forward to Marvel Unleashed, but a lot of people have been looking forward to Ahsoka. I have literally no knowledge or association with Ahsoka in any way. I have never seen this Mm. character uh, in any type of medium other than like gifts on the internet or whatever. I don't know what she sounds like. I don't know what her life is like. I don't know anything about her. So I w- the only thing I know about her is that she is Anakin's apprentice. Yeah. That's it. Yep. So, so Sean, I, I actually don't know your status with Star Wars. So my status with Star Wars is that I feel like I am on the edge of being a Star Wars fan because I think that so much of what has been done um, which way the way out yeah okay oh, okay Got because it. i think so much of what has been done just hasn't been very good yeah. um the mandalorian i have liked but everything else has just been uh, to me i didn't i didn't like andor at all i thought it was bad oh yeah we've Ooh. talked about um, this. yeah yeah i thought it was very boring um that's wow. wild to me. i didn't like the rise of skywalker but i think that's a pretty yeah, yeah. commonly held opinion uh, and I didn't care about Obi Wan. I tried. I wanted to. Didn't care. Book of, bo- the book of Eli. The book of whoever was bad. <laughs> yeah, Boba Fett was blind the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> but this, this was what I've been waiting for. Okay, and that's Ahsoka was fantastic. No, that's interesting. Yes, from Dude, coming from somebody who serious? has no, no Ooh, wait, skin in the game. Who are you talking to? Sorry, I'm talking to you, Kale. Yeah. yeah no, I'm sorry. Okay. I'm sorry. I've I've been I've been on you. Like I, it's not intentional. It's just, I mean. You've got bad opinions. Is what I'm trying to tell you, homie. We've been doing this for how long? We've been you and I have been doing this for yeah way yeah. longer. Like I was, I was expecting a little heat back, but okay. Uh, man. Um. Who who plays Ahsoka? Rosario, What's this Rosario lady's Dawson. name? Yeah. Rosario Say it again, Dawson. sorry. Rosario Dawson. What? Um, Wait, what? You, you didn't that? know that? No. Yeah. Holy yeah. shit. What? Yeah, she she dumped Cory uh, Booker and then went to this. She does nothing for Ahsoka. Kale, Period. Are you a Rebels fan? I never got to Rebels. Clone Wars? But I, I do know Clone Wars, okay. yeah. I just like there is not there there is the only thing that translates in the character of Ahsoka uh through this uh, for me is the look. And frankly the prosthetics in the show look god awful. Oh, what? No. That I agree with. No. Uh that headpiece that she was yeah, wearing I looked mean. like you could have got that at fucking Walmart. Galaxy's Edge sells them now, I bet. It's bad. The texture spirit. on it, like you can see the, the wrinkles and stuff. You can see, see the it. spirit wrinkles. Month. No. Dude, it and looks like just a helmet. And it'll look better. It looks like a headdress. It's really bad. Twilight's, Twilight's <laughs> are cool looking. That's a part of their head, and you cannot tell that from this show. 
I agree with Gil on that one. Uh, yeah, she's not a Twi'lek, but the Twi'lek also did look very, whoa, very good. Wait, whoa, the whoa, Twi'lek whoa, whoa. looked horrible. She's not a Twi'lek? Yeah. What is she? The, gr- the green know. one is a Twi'lek, right? They're yeah, the uh, one, something, yeah, Und? Und something? What, what? No, What'd you say, I Ty? S- they're, they're, they have a different name. They're not Twi'lek. She's, a dip, like, okay. she's like Shakti. Shakti okay. was, was this trait. Right. That oh, sounds okay. familiar. Yeah. Togruta. We talked a lot about it on the show Tyler, your mic's doing something funny. Is it if really? somebody's talking, yeah. you're not getting in. Yeah, that's a typical Tyler problem. Go they're Togrudas. That's what they're, they're called. Yeah. Groomdas? Togrudas? Togrudas? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Oh, Manny. Yeah, Manny, just Togruda. Okay. Wow. Okay. Um. Uh, I felt like it was... Uh, slow i felt like it uh the like stuff lingered and it was just like oh 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 and the opening the opening was three different science fiction references do you guys catch that which which uh, what was the opening again the crawl or are you talking no like the the opening introduction to all the characters so you've got the sis jones uh, no, it's Guardians. So you've got the Sis busting into the spaceship. That's Darth Vader, obviously. That's a new hope. Uh, the introduction of Ahsoka is uh, Peter Quill in the first oh. Guardians. And then Sabine is uh, James Kirk in the J.J. Abrams Star Trek. Uh, oh, and I read it. Was it was just yeah. like... I felt like it was just... It was all just so, so derivative... And it's kind of boring. It's like so, it didn't even have anything cool to do in from what it took from those. It just took them. So you're right; it is derivative, but I think it's purposely derivative because it, it the first episode is literally the foil to the opening of Phantom Menace, um, almost shot by shot in the way over the shoulder shots are done. It, it's it's. Sith? Do we? We don't really know what they are. They have orange lightsabers. I don't know what's going yeah, on there. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's the Qui Gon Obi Wan dynamic. Just yeah, sure. Reversed. Um, and even but with you know, a, but that's a reverse Darth Vader. A reverse Darth Vader. <laughs> Technically, no damn boo over. <laughs> Star Wars is like poetry; it rhymes. We know. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. Um, Technically, no damn boo over. I, I I agree with some of the things you said, Kale. I think I do think the uh, the headpiece was a little much. I mean, give me Mary Elizabeth Winstead as a as a, as a Twilek, then you've been uh, you've been going into my dreams, and I don't like it. Um, Any day of the week. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the 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 parts were there were parts that were really slow. I think specifically like the Indiana Jones uh, uh, extended sequence where we have to linger on everything to see how this video game puzzle works. I'm like, I've done this in Star Wars Fallen Survivor uh, already. You know, it's fine. Um, But I do like the, like, high Jedi lore we're getting into. I like the the Thrawn is kind of this looming presence over everything. Um, I I think in my Star Wars uh, fandom right now, um, I'm a big Star Wars fan. I have Star Wars tattoos. Like, this is like a thing for me. Um, but the stuff I find the most interesting is not really this Mandalorian stuff. Like, I'm really interested in the High Republic stuff. So if we can get to, like, ancient Jedi stuff in this, too, 
which I think we'll be touching with, you know, uh, with um, what's his face, uh, uh, Ezra and stuff like that. Um, I make not that Ezra, Sean. I know you. Uh, <laughs> That's all I could think of. Yeah, that menace. He sort of, uh, I'm, he I'm sort of interested. looks like them, though. <laughs> also, Clancy, Clancy Brown showing up, loved it. Was I that just... to do with the voice? Oh, that is the dude with the voice, Clancy Brown. That's Yo, Mr. That Krabs right there. voice, dude. Holy it's... shit. Yeah, it's Mr. Krabs. Uh, he's a... Uh... Oh, yeah, yeah. He does all, uh, all Clancy things. Clancy Brown was the guy that was the uh, the senator making the big speech. Yep, yeah. Right. Who, who we played him in to Rebels, attend. too. Yeah. Yo, man, they got me with Sabine. Hell yeah, dude. Oh. They got they got me with Sabine. So, yeah, and I, and I like how they're finally, like, really trying to get into the whole Sabine um, being Ahsoka's apprentice. Because, it, it, you know, Ezra was, um, oh, God, what's his face as apprentice previously? But Ahsoka was very much, like, anti-Jedi Order and Rebels. Um, so her trying to, like, almost, you know, right the wrongs of what Darth Vader did. Like, I think that's a story that really needs to be told. Especially since he's still alive and Darth Vader's gone at this point. Right. And, like, she had real no real hand in that. Um so, uh, yeah, yeah, I think that that should be interesting. And, and you know, R.I.P. Ray Stevenson, but he's cool. And I, and I like this character, and I, I want to see what these orange lightsabers mean. Um, Balin, yeah. Balin Skull, and, and the other one's name is uh, Sane and Hati or something. So it's Hati and Skull, which are the wolves in... in um, uh, uh, Norse mythology, Norse Norse hell yeah. yeah! That bring about Ragnarok. Oh, so I'm wondering yes, if, like, absolutely. I, I, I'm pretty sure that. the way I'm seeing is that this is going to be what starts what happens in Rise of Sky, uh, Rise of the Rise of Skywalker, and how Palpatine was in this other world building up this army and stuff. I think this is mm-hmm. the beginnings of the return of the First Order here, um, or the or the start of the First Order. I guess it would be. Man, I'm I'm hard disagreeing everything you guys are saying. I the the pacing I thought was excellent. Uh, I thought the prosthetics oh, frankly it. worked for me. Um, I I liked the the variation of lightsabers. I feel like you get your same colors and shit going on. Well, and, uh, I'll give you that. Yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll show up for a lightsaber any day. And the fact that she had a long and then a short. I'm like, yo, that's such a subtle, nuanced little thing that blew me away. I'm like, wow, I never thought you could have a slightly shorter, like it's like having a long sword <laughs> and a short sword. Like that distinction is so simple and it worked incredibly effectively in the opening. I, I love the way that she gets introduced. I liked how slow and how kind of methodical it felt. It's like, I, I don't know who this character is. Like, I, I don't have an association beyond maybe like a few episodes of Clone Wars, frankly. Mm. And I can understand that, okay, this is a character who was once Anakin's Padawan. And Anakin, he's a little shit sometimes. You know, like, I, as, as a, and as a Jedi Knight having his own Padawan, I can imagine he breaks rules. I can imagine he's very flexible. Yeah. And now she has, uh, she's not that. She seems to be very tempered. She seems to be very direct. She seems to be very just composed. And that in contrast to where I can imagine a, a teacher, Anakin would be, is very distinct. And I like how far away she can get from him. And then that layer of sort of guilt and making up on, of making up for the fact that 
um, Darth Vader just fucks shit up and she can carry some of that. Oh, excellent. I don't know. I, I, I only saw the first, uh, first episode, but an absolute blast. I cannot wait to see the second one. Uh, but a lot, a lot of fun. David Tennant's in it too. That's neat. All of it. A waste. I, <laughs> I, I gotta say, I, I also loved it. Um, I thought that the first half was slow, but I think it picked up. And by the end, I was my jaw was agape at how it mm. ended. They made me care about this character, and then that turn, I was like, oh boy, what's gonna happen next? I'm on the hook. Um, and I'm glad we watched it. This was cool, dude. This was cool. episode two is better, in my opinion. So if you, if you haven't gotten to that, that's in the second episode. I've been watching this. I watched this and I bookended it with two episodes of And Just Like That. Um, so oh, are you watching? Oh, my John? God, dude. Uh, listen, I am obsessed. I love <laughs> Sex in the City. I've been obsessed with the Sex in the City since 1998. <laughs> I love it. I went to see both movies in theaters with my aunt. It was what? amazing. I'm a huge fan. So I've and only I, seen I, and just like Why that. the hell are we talking about Star Wars? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I can't contribute to a Sex and the City conversation. I, listen, I can't either, but I'd be a lot more interested in hearing about it. <laughs> it is this season. So, Sean, for, for reference, I mean, we can keep talking about this. Um, I've only seen and just like that in like a handful of Sex and the City episodes. What? Um, yeah, yeah. So all I know is how horrible these people are. <laughs> Fake fan. Wow. Um, and I mean, I'm enjoying it. And just like that, without watching all of Sex in the City. It's enough in my consciousness. You know, Carrie, Samantha, uh, Miranda, and Charlotte are, are archetypes, you know? Yeah. Um, I guess. Even though in Just Like That, it was like, well, let's give each of them a POC. Um, but Word. It's, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and just the one... like that is so transparent about it, too, oh, yeah. that it really rubbed my ass the wrong fucking way, yeah. especially um, uh, 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 um, Miranda's. Oh, yeah. Mar- it... Yeah. <sighs> Miranda's person. That was that was really tough to take. That was that was the worst part of the pandemic summer. For me. <laughs> was what, I was dealing with that person every week. My girlfriend and I hated her. Or Yo, hate, I'm sorry, hated them so much. Miranda's story arc <laughs> is what? It's what? so weird. But Miranda's like that. Miranda takes chances and she does weird stuff. She does. She does sure, in sure. spaces because look at Steve. Steve is not someone that you would think Miranda would end up with. My man has one ball, okay? He's a different type of see, dude. I don't, see, I don't but know the lore of his one him. ball. She's a yeah. lawyer. But she goes for the bo- for the one ball guy. You know what I'm saying? Like she'll do something funky. So when she decides that she wants to get with that person, I was like, all right, yeah, that makes sense to me. I, I don't know. I had my I, ups and downs with and just like that. I I have gotten a severe case of class rage um from watching and just like that. Uh, look at this, Vaith. Uh, we're, we're in the we're in the post comics part of the show. We're I'm talking about. I'm so sorry. <laughs> we we read a Jean Grey book, and I have never seen Sean so passionate. <laughs> <laughs> I've never talked about this really. Sean before, got so. Sean got exactly what he's always wanted this week, and he had a better time <laughs> talking about Sex in the City. Hey, finales today. Finales today. So, 
Yeah, man. And what a, what a, um, God. all they do is sit at expensive lunches and complain to each other, but they never listen to each other. They just complain over each other. Oh, it's mm -hmm. incredible. All right. We'll, we'll leave it there. We'll leave it there. That's fun. I, I can't believe I just talked about sex and sin. And just like that, the Um, podcast is done. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Hey, let us know how you felt about that uh, that end conversation there about Star Wars and you know stuff like that. If you're into that, if you want to hear us talk about maybe different kinds of things here um, after we do the book reviews, if that if you're into that, let us know. Uh, as usual, thank you all so much for joining us. I did want to say real quick, um, I will be absent for a couple weeks, and I'm going to miss you all. It's going to be, um, I'm going to be having fun, but I will be thinking about you guys. Uh, and I hope that you all, you three, take good care of the audience. And audience, I hope that you guys take good care of the pals. Um, I'm putting Kale in charge. Listen to Kale. Ooh. Have fun in Batu, Sean. Have fun in Batu. Oh. Yeah. So if you step out of line, you're going to have to deal with Kale. And Kale will tell me. We got a whole ocean. Yeah. He can't do anything. Kale's a Kale's a fucking narc. Don't even don't even try. You step out. I'm going straight to Sean. This is oregano, I swear. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening, guys. You guys know how to find us all over the internet. Patreon.com slash the comics pals is the best way to support your boys. You get a little bang for your buck. We got a lot of fun stuff going on over there. So check that out. If you want to watch this show live, that's every single Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern. Saturdays for the main show, which is at 10:15 a.m. Eastern. Vote in the listener pick poll, which is up every single Friday on youtube.com slash the comics pals in the community tab. Vote for your favorite book. This week it was Penguin. That was a miss for us. But uh, let us know what you think for next week, and we'll be reviewing it right here on the show. Thank you for joining us so much. We love you. We thank you. Until next week, take care, guys. See you next week.